This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, I'm Don Andrews with Look West. Two of our Look West producers, Nairi Bagsarian and Andy Domic, have been talking with people about the COVID-19 vaccine. Nairi, uh, who did you talk to? I talked to a few people. I talked to two healthcare professionals, Kelly and Gina. I spoke with Assemblymember Rodriguez, who's a former EMT and is now working on the legislative side of this pandemic. And he talked to Drs. Batchelor and Reyna, who are leaders at the MLK Hospital in Los Angeles. What was the most interesting thing you heard from them? The most interesting thing I heard was thematically the importance of vaccination versus the actual vaccine. Each guest that spoke made it very clear that in order to get out of this, in order for there to be any kind of hope, everyone needs to be vaccinated. Andy, what ran through your head as you listened to these experts and health uh, practitioners talk about the COVID vaccine? A few years ago, I lost my father after a long illness in the hospital. He, he, was, uh, he was in the hospital for about two years and he was on a ventilator. And it wasn't COVID, but the experience of being on a ventilator is, is, just, is just awful for people. And the one thing that made it bearable uh, for him is having family there with him to hold his hand and ease his fears and calm him when he was scared. And it's just so heartbreaking to think of all these people who are suffering from COVID and being completely alone and knowing that there's a vaccine uh, out there if people just get it. That, that they can be with their loved ones when they're sick and they won't have to be alone in the hospital. And we can get back to a sense, uh, a different kind of normalcy, but something that resembles normalcy more than what we have now. And just hearing them talking about that was just, was, was just hopeful. Nairi, we're going to start with your conversation with the, the twin sisters who work in the same health facility uh, and hear what they have to say. My name is uh, Kelly Janda. I'm a speech therapist and I work in a skilled nursing facility. Um, I got the vaccine to help protect my patients and um, my family. My name is Gina Barbero and I uh, work as an occupational therapist in a skilled nursing facility. And I also received the vaccine to protect my family and my patients. Now that like you've been able to get the vaccine, has it made things a little bit less stressful not yet our facility is in the middle of an outbreak currently and so like it is like the most stressful it's been because the whole it's been like a theoretical fear this whole time and now it's like an actual fear of i mean constant exposure and um i do trust my ppe we wear n95s i don't wear a surgical in addition to it but i know a lot of people do a face shield um, sometimes goggles in addition to that and then a gown because I've been exposed a number of times and in positions where the other patient, the patient isn't even wearing a mask, like I'll be doing a shower with them for 45 minutes in a confined area. I have all my PP on, they don't have anything on and I, I never tested positive for it. So there is something to be said that if you are very diligent and you're smart about what you do every second, I mean, every, all the time, then, you know, it does work. Um, I've gone through like four different face shields and everybody complains that it fogs up and it does fog up. You can't see when you've got your goggles and your mask and everything. It's like, and you, she's got the welder's I've got mask a, I've now. got a big helmet now. And like, <laughs> then I get headaches because the way it fits on my head, but it protects me and it doesn't fog up and I can see. And so like, there's a physical 
demand to it. So what was your first reaction when you heard that there was a vaccine coming up? I went into this thinking the vaccine is going to make it where I can't transmit this to my patients if I'm still in contact with COVID. I was like, I will be protecting my family. I'll be protecting my dad. And that's actually not what the vaccine is, which is kind of disheartening. Um, it will protect me from getting sick so I can continue to work throughout the pandemic, which is okay, but there are so many people I'd rather protect before myself. I'm glad I got it, but I'm starting to see more and more that everyone has to get the vaccine in order for us to move, move past COVID and move forward and get on with life and society. It can't just be some people getting the vaccine. It's not going to go out that way. Everyone's going to have to have to get the vaccine. What kind of information was important for you to get before you decided to get a vaccine? It, it didn't take a lot, to be honest. Um, I Sitting, getting so sick and tired of the fear all the time, I would do anything to get rid of this fear that, yeah, fine, give me a shot. I don't care what's in the shot. Just give it to me. Like, it, I didn't care that much because I'm ready to get out of, like, this current state and whatever that'll take. Cool. Let's do it. And we are in the medical field. I trust science. I trust medicine. Maybe that's naive or blind faith, but I absolutely don't believe scientists would come up with something that is going to end up killing or hurting all the healthcare workers in the world. You know what I mean? It just, I believe that they go through these, how they are developed, the vaccines are developed. I trust that process. Even if it's, you know, gone faster and they're having to try it right now so we're not getting long-term effects, I still trust the science and I trust the medicine that we're not going to wipe out all of healthcare workers. That doesn't behoove anyone to do that. All things considered, do you feel safer, a little bit closer to invincible with the vaccine? I honestly know, and I know this is, I don't know if this is a cop out of an answer, but I don't care so much about my health. I care about my family. My wife has asthma. I'm terrified of her getting it and she's she's nowhere near getting it yet and so I'm worried about being an asymptomatic carrier and bringing it back into the home and so no until until my family can get vaccinated this fear is going to stay with me because I'm, I'm going to constantly be exposed to it and who knows I could be an asymptomatic carrier and I could bring that back home and so I wish I, I wish I could say yes but no I don't I don't feel that unfortunately. I agree. It'll take more people getting the vaccine for me to feel like we are moving. And it's happening. It's getting redistributed. And my Facebook feed now, every single person I know that works in healthcare is posting a picture of them getting the vaccine. So it is moving. It is happening. What you two are saying, despite being vaccinated, community immunity is still an important thing to achieve. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the only way we're going to get past this is everyone has to get the vaccine. Everyone has to independently protect themselves that we can stop so we can stop people getting it. That's the only way we're going to get through this right now. Until they come up with a vaccine that can determine that you cannot transmit the disease, it's the only thing we can do to get back to life. It's worth it. I have had so many kids actually ask me if it hurts is, you know, what are the side effects? And it doesn't matter. None of those things matter as much as getting it so we can all move forward. Even if you don't care to do it for yourself, do it for the person next to you. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. just, I mean, if I don't know, I feel like 
nobody's happy with the current state of things and people have refused to wear masks. So that's why we're still kind of in this, I feel like if, but regardless, um, I would love to stop wearing a mask. If you get the vaccine and you're protected, I can stop wearing a mask. So please, please, please get the vaccine. (laughs) It's the only way we can move forward as a society. We're stuck in no man's land right now of death and sickness and ice and isolation and face masks. And this is, this is the only way we can move forward as a society and try to find some ounce of normalcy and humanity. I feel like it's how we get our kids back to school. It's how we get sports teams back together. It's how we go on with life. Cause right now life is on hold. It's been paused for almost a year and it cannot continue to be paused for the sake of our children, for our own mental health. We have got to move forward. Our thanks to Kelly and Gina for sharing their stories. To learn more about vaccines, Assemblymember Freddie Rodriguez had a conversation with doctors Elaine Batchelor and Jorge Reno, two Los Angeles area physicians and public health experts. Well, good afternoon. This is Assemblymember Freddie Rodriguez. I represent the 52nd Assembly District. I'm glad to be part of this discussion. Uh, Dr. Batchelor served as the Chief Medical Officer of the LA Care Health Plan, where she spearheaded provider use of technology and telemedicine. She currently serves as CEO for the Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital in South Los Angeles. Uh, Thank you for being here with us as well. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this. I took the liberty of inviting my colleague, who also works at Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital, Dr. Jorge Reno, to join us. He is an infectious disease specialist and has a wonderful wealth of knowledge about vaccines and about COVID, and I thought it would be great to have his input as well. Um, We both want to encourage everyone in our community to learn about the new COVID vaccines and to take advantage of this gift from modern science to our society, especially at this critical point when we are battling COVID and trying to mitigate the disproportionate impact that COVID is having in our communities of color. Um, Both Dr. Reno and I have received both of our doses of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, We had mild side effects like um, many people may have, nothing terrible. We are both thrilled that within weeks, we will be able to enjoy the protection the the vaccine provides. And we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have about um, what people should expect from these new vaccines. I know the, the distribution process has been a little slow than we expected. Uh, what do you think we can do differently to make the distribution more efficient and build trust in our communities? I know there's still going to be some folks out there that are going to be skeptical of it, but what do you think we could do to, to make it better and get more people on board? Yes, this is going to be a big challenge because we all know that uh, it's not vaccines that end a pandemic, it's vaccinations. So we've got to get the vaccine out of the vials and into the arms of all of our residents. And we are trying to do this also during a very challenging time when we're in the middle of a surge and a lot of our healthcare workers are needed to help provide 
uh, care in the hospital to people who are, who are having a surge. So I think we need to recognize that this is going to be a challenge and we're going to have to be organized and move with a sense of urgency in order to, to speed it up. Um, I think there's a big need for education and promotion in the community because a lot of community members are still a little bit nervous about the prospect of having a new vaccine. Um, we also know that in some of our communities of color, there are feelings of mistrust about the government, about the health industry, and um, some things that happened in the past that really have led to people being uh, a little bit reluctant to come forward. I think that we need to do more educational forums like this one. Um, Dr. Reno and I have been doing town halls that are open to the public, where we've been talking about how the vaccines were developed, the science that's behind them, the clinical trials, the evidence for safety and effectiveness. Um, we're trying to lead the way as healthcare professionals ourselves by getting vaccinated. Um, we have had the vaccine here at MLK Hospital since right before Christmas. And within the first week, we had vaccinated over 500 people. And we've now vaccinated over 1,000 people. And we are pr primarily people of color. So we are trying to lead by example. And I think it's got to be a combination of leading by example, educating and informing, and then getting the vaccine into the hands of healthcare workers who can begin to uh, give people vaccinations as quickly as possible. You know, I think the, the most important thing is we're really just trying to set the example. We're trying to tell people that uh, we're not going to do anything that we don't expect anybody else to do. We'll go first and, uh, and receive the vaccines. And um, hopefully that'll be enough to, to build confidence and trust uh, in the community. But I agree with Dr. Batcher. Uh, we can't do enough education and outreach uh, by multiple modalities. Uh, we're, we're doing, as she mentioned, town halls. We do newsletters. We have an AI chat bot on our site that helps provide uh, people information and um, that's bilingual. So uh, by multiple modalities, we need to be out there educating the public. Yeah, you know what? I, I believe education is a key to this. Uh, and I think all of us as, as maybe elected officials and as leaders like yourselves in your communities, uh, the community needs to hear from us, right? And lead by example. Uh, but, you know, just thinking about something, because I know there's, there's two different vaccines, right? The Pfizer and the Moderna one. But I wonder if that will cause some confusion with folks in our community knowing that is this vaccine better than that one? Or is this vaccine better for me because I'm over 65 or I'm, you know, under 30? I don't know if that could be a, a concern that we may look to address as well. What's your thoughts on that? Well, we're going to make it real simple. These two vaccines are very, very similar. They use the same mechanism. They're both what we call uh, messenger RNA vaccines. They're very similar. They have almost identical safety profile and efficacy. So they are both about 95% effective at preventing people from getting sick with COVID, which when you think about it is remarkable. And, you know, like I said, an amazing gift to humanity that we have these vaccines now available to protect us. Um, uh, they are both equally effective and they are both 
um, equally applicable to everyone. Both vaccines were tested in, in thousands of volunteers that included uh, Latinos, African-Americans, Asians, people over 65, people with chronic illnesses. So the vaccines are effective and safe in all of those uh, groups and everyone should feel comfortable getting either of those vaccines. Um, the only real difference between them is the Pfizer vaccine has to be kept ultra cold. So it has primarily been distributed to hospitals that are able to, to store it in appropriate ultra cold freezers. The Moderna vaccine um, can be kept in a normal freezer. So that vaccine is going to be more widely available outside of hospitals, but they are you know, basically interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Great. Now, they both, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, they, they need like a follow-up shot after the first one, correct? That's correct. So the Pfizer vaccine, um, the second shot is given around 17 to 21 days after the first shot. And for the Moderna vaccine, it's about 28 days after the first shot. Um, when people get their first injection, they will be given a card that has the name of the vaccine they received and the date they received it. And they'll be entered into a, a, an immunization registry that will also provide a reminder when it's time for the second shot. Um, if a person has the Pfizer vaccine as their first shot, they should have the Pfizer vaccine as their second shot. So you need to be consistent in which vaccine you're getting both times. Now with that, so do you think there'll be any challenges to make sure that the folks know that they got to come back within that time frame to, to get that second shot? Because some age, well, I took it anyways, you know, and we get busy with our, our well, there day -to -day may be. stuff. That, yes, that's part of How do you follow the... up to make sure that, that they return? Right? Do you think that's a challenge as well you face? I think it'll be a little bit of a challenge, but as Dr. Reno reminded me the other day, we already have um, many vaccines that require multiple doses and, you know, providers are used to giving patients vaccines that require multiple doses. Um, we are going to be entering people into immunization registries and reaching out to remind them to get that second shot. Um, they will have some level of protection after the first shot, but it will um, wane a bit over time and to reach full protection, they need to have both shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, and once again, the key is just to continue to educate individuals in our communities and, and make sure that we all kind of lead by example, right, from everything else. From the yes, yes, and I can tell you, I just had my second shot um, on Friday. Uh -huh. And so far, so good, no, no types of, uh, uh, reactions other than like the normal things you would get with the pain, the swelling, yeah. I guess like. I just had a sore arm, that's it. Great, interesting. Well, you know, obviously COVID has brought some unique challenges through us throughout not only the state, this really the world, right? On how do we better communicate with folks and in this case, provide healthcare services. Um, with that said, I know it's been a little over a year now. Any thoughts on what do you guys think when we return to, uh, to a normal again? Any steps you think we should start looking at or, or working on? Maybe you guys already have something in place that you're looking to develop to, to roll out? You know, when we were doing a town hall just the other day, someone asked that question. And the physician from the Department of Public Health sort of uh, declined to answer that. <laughs> um, I guess what I would say is that it really depends on 
how effective we are at educating and motivating the public to get their COVID vaccines. Um, I think we will have enough COVID vaccines for everyone to have had access to a vaccine um, by the end of the summer. The goal is to reach community immunity by having as many people in the community as possible uh, receive the vaccine. And we know that we will need to have approximately 70 to 85% of the community immune to COVID, um, either through the vaccine or, th or from having recovered for us to get out of this pandemic. So that's what we're all looking toward. Yes, absolutely. Community immunity is the goal that we're seeking. Um, and if we don't get to community immunity, uh, we run the risk of this being a, a chronic prolonged problem. But it really depends on people stepping up and, and getting their vaccine. Yeah, you know, um, I think you're, you're both right on that. I think the more we can get that vaccine to folks, the better. And I know, like I said, lessons learned from the kind of slow start getting the vaccine out. But I think we're learning the challenges that we're facing. That's why it was such a, I mean, it's a big thing. We've never faced a pandemic, right? In this world, let alone in the state. So how do we better learn from maybe some type of mistakes or whatever we maybe didn't really think things through, but now that we're rolling things out, we're just more vaccines coming. I think it's just a matter of time as we start to roll those out in all our communities and really get that herd immunity like we talk about. And, and coming back to a new normal, but you know, it's gonna take some time. We gotta hopefully, Folks, bear with us. And once again, like I said, we have to lead from by example. Um, with that said, I mean, I'm really appreciative of all the hard work you guys are doing out there. I'm really impressed. Uh, Martin Luther King has come a long way from the years of, of the past to now, being back open, providing and services for our community. Um, I want to thank you both for being here and sharing some of your uh, experiences of what you're doing out there. And really, at the end of the day, we're all in this together, right? We're all in this together to protect our communities and get our, our folks healthy and back to our normal. And with that, once again, thank you both. I, I appreciate your uh, input and anything I can do as well, feel free to reach out to me here at the Capitol. I'm here to, to listen and learn from you folks as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I just want to say to everyone, get ready to roll up your sleeves and get that COVID shot. Correct. I, I second that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you. All. It was appreciate nice it. to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Andy Domic. Big thanks to Assemblymember Rodriguez and Drs. Bachelor and Reno for helping us tell this story. And I'm Nairi Bagdasarian. Many thanks to our colleague sisters, Kelly and Gina, for sharing their stories. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of California and politics, remember to look west. <laughs>